everyone, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. This is Klaatu, and with me is... Cyanide Cupcake. And we're here to talk about something that I think I'd heard of before, but something that you, Cupcake, had sort of brought to my attention, and it's called Scratch. So what is Scratch? Scratch is a lot of things. It's a it's a GUI interface that pretty much teaches coding to children, and they can start as young as eight. But it, it also, like, the, you create things like video games, you can like, use it as a paint tool and create animations or moving sprites that you can use in other projects. The cool thing about Scratch is that it's that it's sort of almost a puzzle piece. Um, it, it's a visual programmer, so you've got like these little puzzle pieces that you can move around to create your different code. Yeah, so like the 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 code block categories you have are like motion, uh, control, like when do you start, when do you stop uh, the different scripts, looks, sensing sound and operators and variables. Um, so there's, it's, it's introducing children to the coding language and like how to put everything together without them actually having to know the code off the top of their head. Like, this is what I write here to make this happen. It uses um, predetermined blocks that you can sometimes modify, but for the most part, they're, they're, they're already presented yeah, for the children. You can get a lot done with just the, the preset mm-hmm. blocks. If someone was going to look at this or have their kid or their classroom look at this, how would they start out with Scratch? What kind of projects are you seeing uh, being made? Well, the first thing is is a really simple game where you just have a sprite, which is your, your character, have him move across the screen, mm. walk back and forth, make it so that he bounces like against the wall so he's not just walking off the screen forever. <laughs> I guess the first thing that you could do is have a very simple game where your sprite, which is your character, have your sprite uh, walk and walk using your arrow keys. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very simple. And then you can also like start to add like more steps to that. So you want to be able to control him walking. Well, now maybe you want to add a second sprite that's an object. And that object could be something that the sprite needs to obtain. And then... So you get you figure out how to make the sprite obtain that object. Mm-hmm. Then you can go on to another level and you can build upon that and then create a counter or a timer. So you maybe you need to collect your the object that your sprite's collecting so many times within a certain minute to like win the game. Yeah. You can create winnable games. That's another really great thing about Scratch is like you can start out very, very basic, but then you can build upon like those first projects that you made. Yeah. Like I I have a project that like started out as like a monkey collecting bananas. And that was my first Scratch project. And then uh, kids helping me do this game and create this game. And they would come over and they would be like, well, why don't you have the monkey collect, like, green bananas? And the green bananas are worth, like, one point. And then, like, the really, like, uh, the yellow bananas are worth two points because those taste better. Oh, oh, oh. And maybe, maybe, Miss, uh, Miss Cupcake, maybe you could, uh, you could go and you could, uh, you could have a, a, 
squishy brown banana, and that could be negative points. That's cool. And so, like, I had this really simple game, but then I could add all these other elements yeah. to make it more complicated. And then eventually, I added a timer, and you know, and it's a fully now, playable game for those counters. Like when you're collecting the prizes or or getting hit by the bad guy, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Do you implement? Is that introducing kids to variables, or or are there functions especially for scorekeeping, or what? You're introducing kids to variables. Like, you set a variable, and, like, in this one game, um, I have uh, the variable is uh, prize. Uh-huh. Like, every time you collect the prize, you, you get another point. Sure. And so, like, it introduces kids to variables. And also, uh, I have this I have this dungeon crawler. And so, in this dungeon crawler that I have, I have, I have two things. I have... Uh, good guy well i have my good guy who's traveling through the dungeon Uh um i also have uh bad guys who are moving back and forth between like certain areas i mean Mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys have all seen dungeon callers before and know how they work so you have your hero your your good guy sprite so my hero who's a knight and he's traveling exploring the dungeon and collecting different prizes which give him xp points and then there's also bad guys that are also moving through the dungeon, but only in certain sections. They're not just wandering around aimlessly. Um, and whenever your hero touches a bad guy, he loses some XP. This was kind of tricky to figure out because whenever the hero was walking, every single time he would hit the, the, the bad guy, he would lose points, even if it was in the same time, you know, like right. as you're continuing walking past the bad guy, it would still like, it would just keep deducting points and all of a sudden you'd be like negative a hundred. <laughs> Um, so what had to happen with that was there had to be, we have, we have two things. There's an invisible variable called damage, and then there's the XP. So you have to, if touching hero, set damage to one, and then wait until the bad guy sprite is not touching hero. Then you set the XP to equal XP minus the variable of damage. Nice. And then you set damage back to Zero. zero. Yeah. So next time you hit damage, you're not gets, yeah. you're not um, incrementing and, and losing like two and then three. That's great. Yeah. Because I mean that. So in your monkey project, for instance, the concept really didn't even apply because it was like, hey, you hit the the rotten banana and you the rotten banana disappears, right? And you you are left with negative one like right. point or whatever. It happens immediately. Yeah. Whereas in this, you want the bad guy to to stay on the screen, mm-hmm. but you obviously, like you said, don't want it to reducing your health or XP, whatever, forever. Uh, so yeah, that, that's really cool. So it's it's teaching kids not only about variables, but really kind of how to think around some of these weird issues that will pop up when you're programming. Yeah. You know, it's like different situation. You have to think differently about how to, how to get the same, what looks like the same result, but it's actually a different, you know, it's a different process. Right. I actually, um, this kind of like ties into that um, in, in two ways. One, I meet with a lot of other educators, especially I don't teach in a, like in an elementary school. I teach in like a a program that goes into schools and also has on-site programs, Mm -hmm. um, in the building that I work in. But I, I interact with a lot of teachers who are like traditional, like English teachers, math teachers, and they want to start introducing programming and coding to children, but they don't know how. And the thing I keep hearing adults saying is, well, we don't know it. Like we didn't go to school for programming. Like I'm an English teacher. I know, you know, literature and yeah. Shakespeare and yeah. I, I don't know anything about coding like how can I possibly introduce this to my classroom and that's the thing I think a lot of adults are afraid of that's not the way it is at all with programs like Sp- Scratch especially it's very easy to introduce not just 
the students, but also yourself to developing like the mindset of how to program. And it's okay to not have all of the answers. For my classes, like I, I try to approach it as not, this is how you do it and here's why, but instead having the kids look at it and say, okay, why do you think it does this? Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to tell me what comes next. I want you to tell me like why you're getting this result. Why doesn't this work? So asking the questions before providing the answer, where normally we teach the opposite direction, like we give kids the answers and we tell them how it all works. And then we give them the test where they have to actually show that they learned it. Yeah. So it's learning from like a different perspective. Yeah. And it's a lot more interactive way of learning too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it I think really engages children. Personally, I'm a hands-on learner. Like I could sit there and listen to somebody lecture about a program like Scratch or an editing program um, for hours, you know, and it doesn't sink in until I actually get my hands on a keyboard mm-hmm. and I'm playing around with it. That's whenever it's like, oh, I understand. Yeah. And so I think that this is perfect for learners that learn in that way. And I think that even if you're not a learner that learns that way, you'll still be able to get it. So because like the the, the answers are produced eventually, but yeah. it's more of like a thought process than just here they are. Well, I think that's an interesting point because two things came to mind. One is that I think that's how life is anyway. Right. Like, you know, life is very rarely a step by step process of solving it's problems. Not paint by numbers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find not so much. Um, but, and neither is, is programming really. Like if you think right. about it, I mean, there are certain things, yeah, every client or whatever is going to want the same thing and there are drop-in solutions. But I mean, more often than not, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Just like, like the monkey and the dungeon crawler example, like to, to us, it looks like the same thing. You hit a bad guy, you get decremented. But in actuality, if you look at the code, it's a completely different process. So that's a really I mean, if you teach kids, hey, this is how you take away points, then they're going to walk away with that lesson and think that every time they want something to happen, it needs to be that way. And then they'll find out, oh, that's not correct. I Mm -hmm. have to come out with a workaround. So teaching kids, yeah, sort of from the the other end of things, it's kind of, it's a lot more realistic so that when they sit down, they know that they're not, it's not just dropping in certain code blocks. It's, you have to really think about Mm -hmm. it and know your tool set and then just start building it up from from well scratch that was a really bad joke that wasn't a joke that was my product tie-in ah okay um something i'd like to uh, mention about that actually is uh we me and Klaatu actually went to go see mitch resnick um who was on he was the head of the creative team that created scratch and he had this really great quote that i'm going to look up here hold on one second So the quote is from an 11-year-old boy who uses Scratch, and he says, I love Scratch. Wait, let me rephrase that. Scratch is my life. I have made many projects. Now I have what I call a programmer's mind. That is where I think about how anything is programmed. This has gone from toasters, car electrical systems, and so much more. As an 11-year-old already considering himself to be a programmer and to be thinking thinking. in those unique ways where you're you're lo- really looking at the problems yeah. and the solutions and not just like I know that this is what I was told and this is the answer the 2 plus 2 is 4 because they told me yeah so and it's kind of interesting i think cuz when i saw scratch i was super impressed but i was also a little bit puzzled because it was only like at least what i thought i, I could only see like 20 different 
programmer puzzle piece blocks, you know, and I was like, well, how could we possibly, how can we do these things that we want to do with just this finite set of pieces? But then, like, as we kept using it, it became apparent that you can use all those puzzle pieces in really creative ways, even though it seems like you've got, like, this set of tools and it's only that set, you can assemble them in any way you want. Mm -hmm. And you come up with, like, really interesting, like, outside-of-the-box kinds of solutions. And you can put things inside of other things. Yeah, you know, and and it's almost restrictive in a way because you only have this certain set of, like, what we would call modules or functions, but actually you can use them in so many different ways, and it really does encourage you to think much more creatively than, than what I think you're used to in a lot of other uh, situations. Another cool thing about uh, Scratch is um, their online network. They have kind of like a social networking site almost. Um, you can upload your projects to the Scratch website, upload your projects to the Scratch website, and you get like adults uploading things for their students. You get like just people, like kids who work on this in their spare time uploading it, and you get adults uploading things too. So you can share your work with others and show them what you've done. People can comment on your on your work, um, giving you tips on how to improve it or, you know, like what they like about it, what they don't like about it. But the best thing about the Scratch network, I think, is the fact that you can look at everybody else's code. Right. They're next to, if you upload your, your project to the Scratch website, next to it, they will automatically put a little button that says, like, this project has four sprites and ten line, like, ten scripts. You click download, and then you can open it up in your Scratch program, and you can play around with it. Yeah. You can see, like, there was this one game, it was a Pac-Man game, and uh, you go in and see, like, how they made, like, all the different sprites move, and, like, what variables they used, and, like, how they laid it out. So, like, if you want to create something, and you're not sure how, you can search for what you think you're looking for, yeah. and there's probably already a program that's used that and you can look at the script also you that means you can build upon everybody else's work so kind of like i said like you can have a very simple sprite that just walks but then you can like build upon it same sort of thing you can download somebody else's like if you like their sprite you can download it from the website put it in yours and that's the whole it's the whole open source idea um is what they're fostering here and like with creative commons and everything yeah, too yeah. and i think especially for teaching that to kids yeah that's like really awesome like telling them like they're not stealing anything that you're done like because you always hear with kids like i also teach animation and i always hear he stole my idea <laughs> like i was gonna do pirates and it's like well that's not just your idea. You can do something completely unique based off of the same concept. And Scratch really encourages that. And that's a really great way to teach the idea that like people can share and explore and grow together and use similar ideas, but still end up with completely different projects. Once again, when we went to go see Mitch Resnick, he talked about that there's this one girl, um, My Red Neptune, and she she really likes to draw. So she's been doing Scratch for many years. So she creates uh, beautiful drawings in Scratch. And she would like do sprites and stuff um, that were animated. And other users would ask, like, well, I really like that cat you did. I want a unicorn for my next game. Could you create a unicorn for me? And she would be like, yeah. So she would create um, and upload different sprites for other users. Yeah. So once again, collaborating. So she kind of found a niche of, of her. She would be the go-to artist or right. something. Yeah. Right. And then it grew even from that, though, because then she started uploading tutorials that she created in Scratch, showing other people 
how to draw. So yeah. then she became not just like before she was just providing a service to other people. Yeah. Now she's actually teaching other people how to do what she does. Yeah. And, and that's just like mind blowing to me that like it's it's collaborating and it's also teaching kids to teach each other, which is really, really awesome because yeah. whenever you start to like you can know something, but until you start to teach it, you don't really realize that you do know it. And it's never really question that you know it. But once you start teaching, that's like a great way to be like I do know this skill, and I can share it with other people. What platform is Scratch available for? All three uh, operating systems, so Linux, Mac, and... Yeah, the other one. Yeah. Yeah, cool. (laughs) So uh, anybody can use it. Um, They're also coming out with a new... Uh, right now it's like still in beta, but they're coming out with a new version. It's Scratch 2.0. Um, and I think it's supposed to be unveiled before the summer. I'm hoping so because that's whenever my classes are running. Be nice to use the latest program they have. We'll have a link to the show note, in the show notes to the Scratch project, but what is, what is the, uh, what's the URL just for people who don't want to be bothered to go look it up? The URL, um, is just scratch.mit.edu. Okay. By the way, this was created at MIT. MIT. The I, media I lab at MIT specifically. Yeah, I, I hadn't mentioned that before. So. Also, too, um, I mentioned before about the really great, rich online community. I got kind of carried away because I'm very excited about it, um, which is really, really great. But I also want to mention, too, because I'm an educator, um, that there's also a, a website called Scratch Ed, and it's scratch ed, scratched. Yeah. Pretty much. Scratch. Uh, scratched dot media dot mit dot edu and this is like where the educators go and hang out so there's like other people post their lesson plans nice. if you have a question or want to share something with somebody there's forums and like they're really rich like people are constantly communicating with each other on there so if you're an educator and you're interested in learning this or if you want to you know teach it to your kid at home um i would definitely check out the scratch ed website because i think that also has lots of resources and uh, lesson plans and everything yeah. Yeah, and actually I built installers for Scratch as well as Squeak, which Scratch runs in for Slackware. So if you're using that, go to slackermedia.info slash slackbuilds. URLs everywhere! <laughs> Come to Cupcake and Clatoos <laughs> URL Emporium. Emporium. Uh, it's a great, great little program. It's really, it's really fun to, to use. It's, it's amazing, I think, to see people use it too. I mean, you can sit people down in front of it and they almost teach it to themselves. It's it's one of those things that you can really get started with with almost no introduction. And like you've already said, even if if you're just a lone person, you have no other resources, go to the Scratch website. There's like a bunch of example projects, like a million of them. So you can learn and, and you always can learn from the code that exists there. I actually learned Scratch from a group of eight to ten year olds, right? Um, and they they had learned it. They were in fourth grade, and they had learned it in their fourth grade class in school. And uh, it was over a week at summer camp, and they told me about it. And I was like, "Well, I was looking into getting into this anyway." Downloaded the project, and then sat there at lunch and snack break. And the kids would like lean over my shoulder, and they would ch- tell me what to do, and they would offer suggestions. Yeah. So eight year olds, kids as young as eight, taught this program, and I mean that's empowering for them and it was also very exciting for me to be learning from somebody so much younger than me and seeing how well they really truly knew this program and they had only had it like a little bit at school yeah it's not like it's like a full scratch course at their elementary (laughs) school um and they already knew it very very well so i think it's very easy to pick up and then later translate into real like programming languages that you know the traditional like python and whatnot so yeah cool that's scratch go check it out everybody 
You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.